So will testosterone solve all my problems as a man? That's today on Who Cares About Men's Health, providing information, inspiration, and a different interpretation about men and men's health. He brings the MD to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Troy Madsen. Yeah, ready to talk about testosterone. I, I am curious, very curious. Where do we go with this? What do we do? Offsetting the MD, I bring the BS. My name is Scott Singpill. And Mitch, he's responsible for bringing the microphones. Welcome, Mitch. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mitch needs some testosterone. Uh, you know uh, how like, got, low just, key he is? It's low T day. I mean, <laughs> based on everything I see on the internet, that's got to be what's going on. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, like you go to the internet. I'm going to do my impersonation of the internet. You ready for this? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you have low energy. You got to get some tea. You're putting on a few pounds of fat. You got to get some tea. You're having trouble sleeping. You got to get some tea. That's like, that's my impersonation of the internet. Like it's the, the answer to everything. It is. It cures um, everything. Yeah. So we're going to find out if that is actually true or not with Dr. John Smith. Um, so Dr. Smith, what is the common complaint you get when somebody comes to you uh, and they're interested in testosterone treatments. What are they? What problem are they trying to solve? What are they trying to cure? All the things I talked about. Something else? Absolutely. I mean, I think the thing about testosterone is the symptoms are so wide-reaching. You know, fatigue, uh, cognition, erectile issues. Um, they've heard on the internet or they've talked to a friend who's on testosterone and like, man, it just changed my life. It fixed everything. Um, which. In some people's cases, that may be true, but for most people, uh, you know, it definitely can play a role in, in helping them out. Um, but I don't think it's the cure all that you're talking about that the internet shows. It's it's not uh, making Frank Thomas who he is today. And that's dangerous, right? Because you can get testosterone without even having a face to face conversation with a doctor, right? You can essentially just order it online. Is that is that true, or is that overstated? No, I think some of the the newer companies you've got out there that are are making things available. Uh, hopefully there you're getting at least a, a video conferencing, uh, going over your medical history with someone who's a medical provider, whether it be a nurse practitioner or PA, hopefully you're talking with a physician. Uh, but you know, if they're not doing it that way, they're doing it wrong. Um, but testosterone, you know, is one of those things where it can be very helpful. Um, I have quite a few patients that are on it and I think it, it is one of those things that, that can definitely benefit people. Um, but to the extent that it benefits them kind of varies between patients. Testosterone, I get the impression that it's probably not a, a, a do it yourself sort of a thing. It's not something you want to, as a lay person, just dive into uh, on your own. Why is that? Well, there are certain, you know, everything has a risk and a benefit and testosterone is no different. Um, for people who have low testosterone, replacing it can really make a difference. It can give you that increased boost of energy, help you with weight loss, help you with, uh, you know, metabolism, help with sleep. It can help with erections. I mean, it can help with cognition in people who have, you know, low testosterone. However, it's not necessarily the thing that's going to fix all those problems. And oftentimes I'll, you know, go through people's history and say, hey, man, your testosterone's normal. Adding more to the mix isn't likely to fix things. We should look at other issues. And so I think really just taking that deep dive and seeing if it's something that is right for you is important. So I guess, John, you know, I've seen all this stuff Scott mentioned. You see all these things on the internet, you see TV ads, et cetera. And so, yeah, I think I wonder myself, like, man, is my testosterone low? Should I be worried about this? Um, at what point do you tell people you should get your testosterone level checked? I think if you've looked at some of the other kind of, if you've talked to like your primary doctor or, you know, and kind of gone over things and said, hey, you know, 
the usual suspects of like a thyroid issue or vitamin deficiencies, things like that, that they check a lot. If those are all normal, I think it's completely reasonable to look at it. Some people say, oh, well, my dad had low testosterone and I got it checked uh, in my 30s. But if you look at the facts of the matter, about 40% of people over the age of 45 have a testosterone level of 300 or less. And so that's a decent amount of the population that's out there. And so I think if you have an interest in it, it's okay to ask to have it checked because it's better to know and to at least know what your options are uh, where it may be a benefit to you. And how do you do that then? So your regular doctor can check it. Uh, you can make an appointment with a men's health specialist like we have at the University of Utah. Uh, we have a men's health uh, group with uh, multiple different uh, providers. We have nurse practitioners, PAs, and and multiple uh, MDs and DOs that can take care of uh, your needs as far as checking the hormones. But that's the first thing that we do. And hormones ideally should be checked before 1030 in the morning because our bodies spike testosterone uh, between the early hours of the morning. Usually people will say between like 4 a.m. and and 10 a.m. in the morning. And so we want to check it to see what your body is actually doing. If you're low in the morning, the odds are that you're high in the afternoon are going to be really slim to zero because your body spikes it in the morning to give you that boost of the hormones that you need to get you through the day. And when it when when you take a look at that test, it's a range, right? So so a man gets the test done, and you've got some numbers, and there's a range. And what does that tell you? Like, what? Let's pretend I'm at the low end of the range, but I'm still considered normal. Is that somebody that you would suggest testosterone therapy for, or? Sure. So I think a lot of it is the discussion that you have with the patient. So the range is huge too. If you look at the range, most labs are between 300 and 1,000. Some are a little less, some are a little more, but just for intents and purposes of this discussion, about 300 to 1,000. So let's say, Scott, you're at you know 350. Well, what does that mean? Insurance requirements say that we got to get two tests that show a low value before 1030 in the morning. So let's say we've done that. You come in, your first one was 350, your, your second one was 340 or 338. What do we do from there? Well, then we have a discussion. And I think in a lot of those folks, it is reasonable to discuss therapy. People outside the normal range, it's obviously okay to discuss that as well. But people tend to feel better uh, in a range, you know, around four to 700. Uh, sometimes, you know, some people will say 600 or higher. Um, there's a lot of different variability out there between who you talk to about it. But again, if you're feeling the symptoms of like, you know, fatigue, decreased libido, decreased erectile quality, you know, some of those things are really hitting you hard and you're like, you know, I'd love to try testosterone to see if it would help some of those symptoms. I think it's completely reasonable to do that. But insurance won't co cover it unless you are like, unless you are beneath that range. Not necessarily. Insurance okay. wants to see that you're in the low because really, I think it's reasonable for anybody that's, you know, 350, 400 and below, you, you can talk to them about testosterone replacement therapy. And if there's benefit there, insurance, you know, usually won't balk at it. And if they right. do, and it is helping you, cash pay for this stuff is not obscene. Because that's, it's, it's, I'll just disclose now, I had my testosterone levels checked after we did a previous episode. And, um, my number's right around 400 and, um, my primary care pr provider is like, Oh no, we're not, you don't need to, we don't need to, like, there's no need to like talk about testosterone therapy. And so I've kind of put it in the back of my mind. Um, but I, you know, but I, but then at the same time you have the weird people on the internet that say you need to be 600 or a thousand or above to be healthy, you know? And I, it's just like, if I'm right there, I'm at the 400 maybe it would be helpful? Like, what would you say to someone in my situation? 
So I think you got to look at the whole picture, but I think it's definitely something that you could consider. Um, again, most primary care doctors don't do a lot of hormone replacement. So they're going to say, Hey, you're well within the normal range. We're not going to touch it. We're not going to do anything because that's their comfort zone. Right. This is the thing that I do every single day where I get people sent from their primary care doctor to talk about this stuff. And I think it's an in-depth conversation of, Hey, let's look at the whole picture. Is there anything else going on? That's a problem or could be seen as a problem. Like, you know, do you have a thyroid issue? Um, what is your BMI? How does your weight look? Uh, what's your exercise routine? Things like that, because those things can be done before supplementing testosterone. And there's some interesting numbers out there uh, with diet and exercise. If people will lose weight of, you know, 10 pounds or so, you can increase your testosterone by 100 points by, you know, losing 25 wow. pounds and getting diet and exercise. But a lot of times, it's hard to get the motivation to go do diet and exercise when you're overweight and you're really lethargic. And so it's like, you know, would testosterone help me get there? You know, a lot of those things as well. And so again, exercise 15 minutes a day for six months of moderate intensity exercise will increase your testosterone by 22 points. And then if you're exercising for 30 to 40 minutes a day, you'll increase it by 50 to 60 points. And so again, there's things you can do other than testosterone if you're kind of in that range and any of those things fit. Now, Mitch, I know you're super fit, so that doesn't really uh -huh, yeah, I'm the matter yeah, for you. Uh -huh, but uh -huh. you know, if those are things that you can do, those are modifiable things you can do in your life to increase your testosterone naturally. Mm, gotcha. you, you mentioned diet also, John. I mean, it sounds like we're talking more about weight loss here, but are there any kind of dietary changes in terms of foods you're eating or foods you can eat? or even supplements that would increase your testosterone levels without actually having to go for any sort of hormone replacement therapy? Raw eggs and meat, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Well, sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> You've seen Gaston and Beauty and the Beast. That's how yeah. he got so huge. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, there, there's no real big things that are out there that are known to, to necessarily just be super beneficial other than eating as clean as you can because – Testosterone is a hormone and hormones are built on a backbone of cholesterol. So they're kind of fat. They're built on fat. Um, and so when you have excess fat tissue, sometimes the hormones, they like to hang out there because they're, they don't love water. And so you'll find that people may have a higher testosterone level when they lose that body weight because now they don't have as much body fat that testosterone is able to kind of circulate. Plus you're in better health and your body's able to just do what it does better. Speaking of our concerns, obviously, you know, Mitch has thought about it. I've thought about it. I know Scott, you've told us before you've had your testosterone level checked. I think a lot of men, we, we wonder about this and I think we get concerned and we say, Hey, you know, maybe I don't have a lot of energy, whatever it might be of those who come in to get tested. What percent really have low testosterone? I mean, my practice is kind of skewed because by the time a lot of these guys get to me, they've already had it checked with their primary doctor who's going to treat, who's not going to treat them unless they're outside of the normal range. And then when they are, they get referred to our office okay. because a lot of primary care doctors don't love treating testosterone patients and they know that that's kind of what we do. And so I get a much uh, like a skewed percentage. M most of the people who come in are looking for testosterone have already kind of been pre-screened. So they are low. Okay. Uh, I would say a vast majority, at least three quarters of the people that I see already have testosterone levels that come back and are low and they're there to talk about therapy as a referral from their primary doctor. Interesting. I, yeah, I just wondered if it's one of these things that it's just something else for us to worry about 
And if a lot of us are getting tested and it's a small percentage, or like you said, maybe it is, you know, like you said, over 45, um, I think you mentioned 45% of men have levels under 300. So maybe more of us should be getting tested at some point and we're just not getting tested. Yeah, it's around 40% over the age of 45. Uh, you'll, you'll see low testosterone levels. And again, it's one of those things where you tend to hit that middle age. People tend to not necessarily be as active and things like that as well. So there's a lot of things that go into it. Mm. But if we're looking at the actual testosterone itself, let's say you come in, you're low or you're low normal and you want to try testosterone. There, there are a lot of things you need to have a discussion with the patients about is, you know, are you interested in having children in the future or any more children if you already have children? Uh, you know, uh, what, what are your goals as far as that goes? Because there's multiple different ways to treat testosterone these days or to treat low testosterone, I should say. And kind of having that full disclosure discussion with the patient goes a long way because there are multiple different modalities of treating it from oral medications to topical medications to injections to long-term injectables to uh, subcutaneous pellets. I mean, there's, there's a myriad of different treatment options that we can discuss. And of your patients that you start on therapy, you mentioned that the symptoms can be, you know, very broad, right? And be caused by a lot of different things. You know, maybe you're not getting enough sleep. Maybe you've got too much stress in your life. Uh, that's why you're low energy. Maybe you're not eating the right foods or exercising. That's why you don't feel good. How many after they get testosterone that come in that have low testosterone actually go, yeah, that made a difference versus eh, I'm about the same. Majority of them. But that also varies via the, the route that they get testosterone. So I know there's, so we'll talk, I'll talk kind of a little bit about each modality. So oral options is there's a medication called Clomid. A lot of people know it as a fertility medication. Women use it for fertility purposes. But what the medication does is it stimulates your body to produce more testosterone and more sperm. This is a very gradual improvement in testosterone. And a lot of times people don't feel that robust like, boom, that, that jolt of energy and things, because it's, it's kind of a, a low key, slow rise of the testosterone back into the normal range. They don't have that big boost. And most of the time when people have that boost, it's from the injection because they're injecting a bolus of testosterone that then is being absorbed into the body and they have their levels shoot outside the normal range. So they feel like Superman. It gives them that oh. rush of testosterone. <laughs> which you don't get with topicals, the lotions, and you don't get with the oral because it's mm. just keep it's doing what your body normally did before you didn't create enough testosterone. And so you don't get those super highs that you would have before. So a lot of patients know like, oh man, my I do have more energy. I do feel good. The ones who do injections tend to come back and have more of a, man, that's great. This stuff's great because they get that boom, that rush, that spike of testosterone very quickly. And then how long until that wears off? So usually people inject on a weekly basis, sometimes every other week, depending on their injection uh, kind of tolerance. And I do have a few patients who inject multiple times per week of low doses um, because they don't like that roller coaster effect because you do really get a high of testosterone and then it, it kind of fades out over the course until you do your next injection. And so that's what they notice. And so they're like, man, I just get this high and I feel it for about two to three days and then it kind of wears down and I feel pretty good. And then when I do my next injection, I get that high again. Um, and so that I see that a lot more frequently with people who do inject testosterone rather than take oral medications or do topical gels. And what about side effects or downsides to testosterone therapy? Man, it's almost like you wrote a script for that or something. Um, <laughs> 
But talk uh, about the good stuff. Let's talk yeah. about the bad stuff. I'm going to make you feel like Superman. And now I'm going to tell you the downside. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Kryptonite is no good for you. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, some of the things you really have to monitor things with testosterone. Um, so testosterone can cause uh, an increase in red blood cell mass and that in and of itself isn't necessarily a bad thing as long as it doesn't get outside of the normal range too far that puts you in an increased risk of a cardiovascular event like a heart attack or stroke. Now, those incidents are rare, but it's something that we definitely keep an eye on. And that's, some, that's a reason why we follow these folks with labs regardless of the type of replacement that we do. Other things that we follow is your estrogen levels can rise because testosterone is a precursor to estrogen. There is a molecule called aromatase that actually converts testosterone to estrogen. Their chemical formula is very, very similar. And so your body likes to keep a ratio of about 10 to 1 testosterone to estrogen. And so the higher your testosterone goes, the higher your estrogen level goes. And some people will develop breast sensitivity, nipple tenderness, or breast growth uh, from elevated estrogen if their bodies are over-converting uh, to estrogen. And so we watch that closely because that can be bothersome to, uh, to folks. And then a couple of the other things, we always monitor PSA in folks that are, that are over the age of 40, or at least I do in my practice, because there's not an increased risk of prostate cancer. But if you were to develop prostate cancer, testosterone would feed the prostate cancer. It's kind of like if you have... Um, if you have a match and it's lit, nothing happens. But if you have a match and you pour gasoline on it, you have a problem on your hands. And so the prostate cancer would represent the match and the, the testosterone would represent the gasoline. It would help it to kind of progress faster uh, in a way. And that's those are the things that we, we really kind of keep an eye on, especially people with family history or people who have had prostate cancer that we're treating with, uh, with testosterone, which yes, we do that quite frequently. So now that we've talked about the risks of taking the testosterone supplement, let's just say someone's like, hey, okay, I've had my testosterone level checked. It's low. I don't want to assume those risks. What's the downside of that? So the downside is you can develop osteoporosis uh, with with time. There are some studies that uh, initially some studies came out with testosterone that said testosterone supplementation caused cardiovascular issues. And now it's become the opposite. That's been debunked. And there is some literature out there. I don't know that it's super robust that said it can, you know, if with low testosterone can increase your risk of cardiovascular events. Um, so those are the big things of not having enough. Um, you know, long-term, it's really difficult to assess a lot of those risks, but those are the risks if if you were to just have low testosterone. Do you have anybody ever come in that you just are like, no, it's not a good idea for you? Yeah. I mean, people who come in with a testosterone level of 600 from their primary sure. care doctor. Yeah. It's a bad idea. Yeah. But I uh, mean like low testosterone, is there ever a time where it's just like, no, probably not. The risks are too big. So I think, you know, the one thing that I, I didn't get to with the kind of risks is testosterone replacement will cause sterilization. Um, it will stop you from being able to have children. When you supplement testosterone, um, not all methods of supplementation will hurt fertility, but injections will. Anything that's injectable, topical, uh, or the long-term injectables or pellets, uh, all will will cause sterility um, to a point. And so those things are things that you've got to have those conversations. So if someone comes into my office and they have low testosterone and they don't want to take uh, – some of the, you know, the pill like Clomid, uh, and they're like, I just want to do injections, but I still want to have kids in six months. I would say, you know, let's hold off until you're done having kids or until your wife gets pregnant or 
go donate some sperm so that you can you can have children if that's your goal before we start therapy. Mitch, given the information that you just got today, you gonna you gonna go in? You gonna get know. some tea? I don't know. Like I'm I'm I would much I I'm in a place where I think that after this conversation, I would like to go talk to a men's health specialist, especially if the, there is a hesitation from primary care physicians to just be like, oh, you're you're in the normal range, you're good. There is a curiosity there. There is an interest there, um, knowing where I'm sitting at on the levels. Like if if they think it would be something that could help with some of the situations that I'm dealing with right now. I guess I'm afraid that it just sounds like another pill, like, right. Or, and I don't mean that as, is as I don't want to take drugs. I just mean, we're all looking for the quick fix, right? So yeah, maybe I'm a little tired. Would I like to lose some fat? Sure. Would I like to have a little bit more muscle mass? Yeah. You know, if I'm in that normal range and on the low end, I, I don't know. It just feels like, um, I'm expecting too much. I, I'm going in for the wrong reasons. Does that make sense to anybody? And I don't think you can necessarily, I mean, again, I'm not trying to sell testosterone here. No, I just think no, no. That, that's not the point of this. We're just trying to get some information. For right. Sure. But I, I think that, you know, if you want to feel your best and be able to do your thing to kind of the healthiest you can be, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to come in with the desire to be healthier, to feel better, to have more energy. Because again, when you start testosterone therapy, you do have a change in lean muscle mass by about five kilograms, uh, switch over from, you know, body fat to, to, to lean muscle. And so Here, it hold can, on, hold on, hold on a second. Hey, Suri, convert five kilograms to pounds. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's a lot of pounds. It's two, it's 2.2 pounds per kilogram. It's so. 11, 11 pounds 11 there. Pounds. All right. <laughs> so yeah. let me let me actually say I said that I said that incorrectly. It's five pounds of fat or two and a half kilograms. My apologies. That's still um, a lot. Yeah. Okay. So so but still um, five pounds five, five pound pounds change in your in your body mass it, it can be substantial. It can really help. Um and and again those are just the the numbers that we have from the literature that that's out there and so it can be beneficial and anybody I, I don't think there's a wrong reason to come in to look for it especially. Most patients aren't coming in to be like, hey, man, I saw this this magazine with this guy Schwarzenegger on it, and he was pretty big, and I, I kind of want to get there. Can you help me? It, it, those aren't the patients that I see. The, the people come in, they're like, you know, I'm really fatigued. I feel tired at night. My libido's down. Um, I want to feel better, uh, and I, I, you know, I want to see if testosterone may be helpful in that regard. And they're not looking necessarily as a magic bullet or as, you know, trying to, you know, use it as, as a substance of abuse where they can go and, and – you know, just change their, their whole body composition. But I think it is very beneficial, um, for a lot of people. Troy, where do you stand on it? Uh, you know, as we talk about this, I just feel like there are so many other things I need to address. <laughs> that's like, that's <laughs> like way down the list. <laughs> you know, when we talk about energy and everything there, I feel like, wow, I, I, and, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to, how to sleep and, you know, those kind of things. So that's, I'm kind of hung up on that still. I, I, we've talked about this and if we talk about it today, I am still kind of curious about it, but I don't think I will be getting tested anytime soon. I'll say that. You know, one thing that I noticed a parallel from another show that we did, you're talking about using testosterone treatments to kind of get over that hump, right? Let's, let's say that you would like to exercise more, but you don't have the, ener uh, the energy and you do find you do have a low testosterone. That was almost kind of like um, using medication for mental health. Like if you're having challenges with your mental health, it can be really hard to become motivated to exercise or eat well, or maybe you don't even sleep well, right? So you can take medications for a short period of time until you kind of get those things working again. We talk about that core four, how they all interact with each other, and then possibly come off of it. Am I understanding that correctly? 
Yeah. And I think if that's your plan, you've got to look at a way to keep the testicles producing while you do that. Because if you went to an injectable or topical testosterone, that's going to shut down the body's production. So let me nerd out a little bit with the physiology of this is your body has these precursor hormones called FSH and LH. And those are the two hormones. They're in both men and women. In women, they regulate the menstrual cycle. And in men, they stimulate the testicles to make testosterone and sperm. And when you give testosterone, it's a negative feedback loop. And so your body sees there's enough testosterone in the bloodstream and stops sending FSH and LH to stimulate the testicles. And so you've got to do something to keep those testicles producing if you're going to be on testosterone in the short term. And so that's where other drugs come in. Like there's an injectable called uh, HCG uh, that we use to help stimulate. It's an LH analog, meaning it's not LH, but it will stimulate the LH receptor on the testicle. And it will continue to have the testicle continue to produce at a lower level, even though you're giving yourself exogenous testosterone. And then if you decide to come off after six months or a year or whatever, after you've gotten in shape and you've gotten that motivation, then you don't have this complete drop off of testosterone where your body has to start making it again where it hasn't for the last year. But it would like if you're using uh, if you're using a topical solution that's telling your body then not to produce more testosterone. Does that mean you're dedicated to that for the rest of your life? So you can. Now you can come off of it. And the thing I tell people is if your body was already not producing enough and you haven't done a darn thing to change that, your body's not likely going to go back to producing more than it was before you started the drug. But then there's always that kind of window where your body has to catch up and it's not producing hardly anything at all and you just feel like garbage. But it yeah. would come back over time. Yes, and and that's okay. the part where the uh, where the HCG comes in to help it, where you don't have as big of a kind of drop off. All right, so now I need to ask the question uh, that I, I don't know. I, I think everybody's wondering. I've heard that uh, if you're on testosterone treatments, uh, your testicles get smaller. Is that true? Absolutely. Okay, like <laughs> how, how small, small are we talking? Yeah. yeah. What are we talking here? Yeah, like raisin size, like you know. I mean, for running marathons, Troy, that might not be a terrible deal, right? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. <laughs> Much less chafing. Yeah. He's looking out for you, Troy. He's looking exactly. out for you. <laughs> exactly. Just be nice smooth, <laughs> smooth surface down there. <laughs> yeah. No, you'll shave minutes off your time. <laughs> exactly. All that extra weight. But uh, uh yeah, you won't have the metronome like you've got now, but it'll, it'll work out. Uh, that's right. But no, it, it, they do shrink. And over time, you'll notice that testicular size loss happens uh, the longer you're on testosterone. So people who've been on, say, long-term injectable testosterone, they will. They'll shrink down and be very, very small um, when you get down to it, almost to raisin-like size that you'll see, which, you know, it, it's, it's something that you – I always – talk to people about. And again, that's where HCG can come in if you want to preserve testicular size. Um, And to to some people, that's important. And to other people, I say, you know, if you're not looking to have kids and it doesn't really matter to you, you know, I've never, ever in my experience of having this had someone come in with their spouse and had them say, man, you know what? I just wish Troy's balls were bigger. (laughs) So I don't know how much it really matters. Um, But I think a lot of times it is kind of the the vanity side of it of like, I, I, you know, this is what I know. This is what I've had my whole life and, and I don't want it to change. Well, I will tell you, John, hearing that I am reassuring that you're, I'm reassured that your patients are not talking about the size of my testicles. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nor their wives for that matter. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> 
John, uh, let's 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 like wrap this up. Uh, and I think I think we all know your bottom line. I think I've got your bottom line on testosterone treatments. If you're experiencing these symptoms and you get a test and you're in that low range or below, uh, it it could be a very good option to uh, help you get some energy back to help you with your sexual function. Um, with few downsides, really. Yeah, the downsides are are minimal. Uh, if you know, if you're one of those people who overproduces red blood cells or something like that, you know, we keep an eye on it. But I, yeah, I mean, that is the bottom line. If you feel like it's going to make a difference for you, there's a lot of good that can come from it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a long term thing. However, most of my patients that are on it are long term, and I think if you do have questions, go talk to someone that knows what they're talking about. I'm happy to sit down with people, and most of my new hypogonadism patients slash low testosterone folks. I like to spend time going over the benefits, the risks, and everything that that are, is, invo- is involved so that they have a clear picture of what options they have. And I do have plenty of people who come in and say, you know what, doc? I think I am going to try to lose 25 pounds and recheck my testosterone. You know, And then I have others who say, you know what, doc? I just know myself and I'm not going to do that. And so <laughs> I'm going to take the testosterone and try to do it that way. And so I, I think there's merit both ways. So absolutely. John, thank you very much for uh, having this conversation with us about testosterone. Hopefully this will be helpful to a lot of guys. And bottom line, it sounds like perhaps guys have talked to primary care physicians, haven't gotten a lot of conversation. It sounds like if you do go to a men's health expert, you got a little bit more time to discuss through some of these issues and really come up with the right choice for each individual guy. Absolutely. I'd be happy to see anybody in our men's health department at the U. I think we do a great job at taking care of folks and making sure that we go over the options and making sure that we help you make the right decision for you. Dr. Smith, thank you for being on the podcast and thank you for caring about men's health. Gents, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure.